Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Stephen Kohler, and on behalf of Audira and our new series of listening sessions, I'm thrilled to welcome Ann Wells, founder and executive director of Unite the World Foundation. Ann, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm so excited, and I'd love to just dive in because uh, the the impact you're making in the world with your organization is just so inspiring. Maybe to just kick off a little bit, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your vision as you started Unite the World and, you know, how it came to be. Well, I first went over to Tanzania as a student of wildlife management in 1991 when I was 19. So it was many, many years ago, and I really fell in love with the country. I fell in love with the people and the land, and I found my way back and forth for about a year and a half through 1994. And I left there, the last time I was there in that early period was during the genocide in Rwanda, and we weren't too far from the Rwandan border. Order, we were charting a walking safari with camels. And when I came back, I was still a young woman in my early 20s and, and sort of got my career rolling and, you know, got married and had three kids. And Africa was always on my heart. The extremes of our world were always on my heart. So when my youngest daughter, we have three daughters, turned two, and my husband and I had been married for 10 years, I said to him, I need to go back to Tanzania and I need to find a way to be part of the solution. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but I suggest you come with me. <laughs> and, and, you know, bless his heart, he did. And he's been over a couple of times since then, but I've been over every year, if not once, twice, three times a year since then. And what the vision in the beginning was really just to find the people, the local people who are doing impactful work for their communities and help them. I any which way that we could. And, and it's really evolved tremendously since then. And we're really there to be of service and to be a bridge between two cultures and to help people live better lives on both sides of the ocean. Oh, wow. That's so inspiring. It's amazing. You know, you must have had so many uh, rich experiences and, and learnings across those many years. And I'm wondering if you can maybe share one or two of the more profound lessons uh, that you've experienced working across those different cultures that perhaps the rest of us could learn from. Gosh, well, there's so many. And I think what's really exciting about this work is the further I go with it and the more time I spend working with people in Africa, as well as being there. So I'm in a lot of time now with COVID, I'm here, but I'm on the phone and we're Zooming all day, every day. I think there's is, is a great humility that comes with this work is that we realize we really don't know much of anything, <laughs> but with a big open heart and a big open mind and creative problem solving skills and the ability to collaborate with our peers and between America and Tanzania, all things are possible. Really what I learned is no matter what situation you walk into in life, wherever people are, whatever it is that they're doing, even if cultural practices might seem very extreme to us, there's a reason why people do things and there's a good reason for it. It, it may not be 
a scientific based reason and there might be room for education and cultural change. But I think that the, you know, we must start from the position of respect and understanding that most people are inherently really good. Um, they want the best for their children and they have a reason for why they do what they do. So when you come from that perspective, not thinking you know more or you have all the answers, which of course we don't, then real change is possible. But it also takes a lot of time. There's no quick fixes. There's so many things that uh, I appreciate about you what you said and and you talked about the importance of humility you know we talk at audera a lot about uh, leadership values and humility being one perhaps that we could all learn to really embrace and as part of that humility recognizing <clears throat> excuse me what we don't know and remaining open and curious uh and it sounds like that's been a big part of certainly uh what you've put into practice with unite absolutely i mean for so many years i've you know, I feel like I've, I haven't been solo by any means. There's been a lot of people swirling about this work, but a lot of people tend to come and go. Um, I would say now our team is really rock solid and our board is amazing and our team in Africa is amazing. And we have a lot of people around us who are really in, in it, but that wasn't always the case. And I think what kept me going is just not only the curiosity of learning more and seeing like, how can we make a difference in a world so far away? And how can we try to even out some of the resource imbalances of the planet? But also it, it, I learned so much about myself and I learned how to be a better person. And I continue to learn how to be a better person from the Tanzanian people. They are so kind and loving. And I have people who will give me their last cup of tea, you know, their shirt off their back, quite literally. And I don't know very many people elsewhere in the world that would do that. So it's always, I always feel challenged to do more, to love bigger um, and to say yes when it feels really uncomfortable. And I love that. I like living that way. Wow. I, uh, I'm struck by what the last thing you said in terms of just that opportunity to say, you know, what would love do? Uh, you know, borrowing from your mission statement and how can I bring kindness to the world uh, and what might that last cup of tea that I can provide for somebody else look like? Can you tell us more about that? Well, the what would love to comment is I am a student of A Course in Miracles. So that's my spiritual study. And it's, um, I, I don't know how many people are familiar with it, but we're going to really boil it it down to really that like love is the only thing that's real and we always are choosing between our ego self and our divine self and whether we're moving from fear or love so I think that in the moment when we're faced with suffering with challenge we can't do everything but there are times when our hearts are spoken to and we know that we need to step up and everybody's called in different ways. You know, everybody's called to share of themselves boldly and um, courageously in many different ways. But we know when we have that call, we know when we're not listening to it. And I think that we, the more each of us can live boldly and follow our hearts courageously and really love big, even though that leaves us very vulnerable, it inspires other people to do the same. And I think that matters. I think it just leads to a better life. Incredible. You know, you mentioned a, a word that, you know, we talk a lot about at Autier, and that's listening. What are a couple of things you've learned about, let's say, the, the power of listening in the, in the groups that you've worked with in Africa? 
listening is really, it's, it's, it's critical, but it's also really funny in a way because, you know, one, my Swahili is not great. And, and that in and of itself is a handicap. And, and that's my fault. I've been studying it for many, many years. I, I'm embarrassed to say I'm still not fluent, but what people often hear what they want to hear. And, and, and a lot of times what I find in being in Tanzania and being in the villages in particular, everybody is so kind and so polite that oftentimes people will say exactly what they think I want to hear, but is not actually what's going to be the best for them. So it's not only listening, but it's really paying attention and really trying to remove the filters and the biases that we walk in with to think, oh, well, if you just put a water tank over there, then everyone will have water. Well, that's fine until the water tank runs out. Then where's the new water going to come from? Where's the, how are you going to get that huge water truck down that road that doesn't actually have tarmac? That's not going to do it. Who's going to pay for it? What happens when the pump, you know, the, the nozzle breaks? You know, there's so many things to think about. So when somebody, I, I feel like it's listening, but it's also really paying attention and, and realizing that everything is like a full system working together. So yeah, we just spent a lot of time being quiet, a lot of time noticing, a lot of time readjusting, a lot of times questioning ourselves. I always think when we start something, I always think, what are a hundred things that can go wrong? Let's think of every possible thing that can go wrong. And then inevitably the things that go wrong were things we never thought about. <laughs> so it's so really, it keeps you on your own. <laughs> well, that that speaks to another thing, uh, you know, that we as leaders can can think a lot about is how to remain adaptive. And I would imagine that in the work that you've done, even before COVID and certainly COVID, you and your organization have had to, you know, sh make a lot of shifts. Can you tell us how in in working with the different groups you've you've kind of learned to adapt and shift to serve their needs? Absolutely, and thank you for that question because I think this is something that makes unite really unique. So our core program is the Unite Scholars program through which we sponsor, you know, highly disadvantaged, impoverished children who are extremely bright and intelligent to continue with their education through their A-levels, which is higher secondary, you know, the equivalent of maybe senior year of high school and first year of university and beyond. So you know, less than 5% of Tanzanians, I think is the most recent statistic I have, will enroll in higher secondary. So it's a big deal to carry on with your education. And most people, a lot of other NGOs, even a lot of Tanzanians, especially those living all around the world, will say, just pay the school fees. Don't get involved with the family. Don't get involved. Because the truth of the matter is, Every, most every family is just a sinkhole of need, right? I mean, there's just so many problems and you think, oh my God, how do we handle all of this? We're just going to pick the one. And I get that. I get that reasoning, but that's not what Unite does. Unite really takes on people and then we have them as part of our family and we go the distance with them, even though it's not necessarily practical and it's not comfortable. So we do go to the families. So during COVID, when the kids all got sent home from, from you know, their boarding schools at the beginning in March of 2020, they were home and their families had nothing to eat. So of course, Unite provided some food relief, but we can't do that forever. So then we gave them all small grants to start their own little businesses. And when those two weren't selling necessarily, whether it was rice or maize or rabbits or chicken or whatever, then we started doing little love grants. So we gave them 
you know, $20 at a time to buy their products. And then what we asked them to do is to go out in their community and bless the people in their communities who were living in harder situations than they were. And that not only showed them that people were living worse than they were, but also that they were important and they were necessary and they were needed. And everybody in our team wears Unite t-shirts. And so it was really amazing to have this army of young people dressed in Unite t-shirts across Tanzania and the inner villages going and blessing people. And I think we reached over 9,000 individuals for that blessing campaign over a couple of months. Then they went back to school. And what we realized through this period of being with their families is that we're asking our kids our scholars, I should say our kids, to really think big, to think out of the box, to question the status quo, to look at where are their talents? How is that going to be incorporated best into their economy? Where are the opportunities? You're asking them to really think out of the box. But then they go home and their families that some of the houses are falling down. They're made out of earth. They're disintegrating. They have no toilet. They have no water. They have no food. And we're thinking, my God, that's not going to work. How, how does that work? So, you know, we're constantly adjusting. So we thought, okay, so we're committed to these kids, but that means we also have to be committed to their families. So now we've launched a food program where we're buying and, you know, a lot of them are small scale farmers. So when the harvest comes, they have no means to hold their crops um, or to store them safely. So they have to sell. So everybody's selling at harvest at very, very depressed market prices. So we're coming in. We've partnered with a factory A to Z up north in Arusha to provide these hermetically sealed grain bags, agro Z bags, where you can store 100, 150 pounds of kilos of rice or beans or maize or, you know, ground nuts, whatever. And it's good for over a year. So when you open that bag, it'll you know, smell and be the same as when you put it in. That's a big deal. It's a game changer. So we're not only buying from them at higher rates, so they have like a more guaranteed income, but then we're giving them bags so that they have food to eat for themselves. Also a second bag of food that they can use as a bank. So when somebody gets sick, which right now with COVID is happening all over the place, everybody is getting really, really sick right now. And a lot of people are losing loved ones, including our Unite family. But that extra bag of food is, is income for people who have no bank accounts, who have no, you know, are living hand to mouth. So, and they will take that food and sell it again when, you know, it's off season. A lot of times the food that is available is priced super high. We're not going to do that. We don't need to do that. So we'll come in lower so that we're buying from the poor, feeding the poor. That's the idea. And the inspiration behind that is our kids, our, our scholars, because their families need help. So we just keep adjusting, trying to figure out how can we take them the distance. It's amazing. I love your phrase about going the distance. You talked about how you really enable not only them in ways that most of us, certainly in North America, uh, very few of us can relate to in terms of not having enough food or water or shelter. You also then provide them the ability to then support others who are in, yeah. as you said, even worse needs, which is incredible. So talking about, you know, going the distance, that's so incredible. I, th I think that's really exciting because the mentality that we have, as we know, is critical. So we have to believe, even when we're in hard times, that we are totally capable and necessary for making change in our communities. We may be having a tough time. I might be someone who is living in poverty, but I'm not poor. You know, this is a slightly different 
way of looking at it. So for them, they're just having a hard time and they're helping other people are having a hard time. But that doesn't mean they're not poor people. They're actually highly, highly adaptive, highly talented and very, very necessary members of their communities who who are creating change, even when they're 18, 19 years old and don't really have anything. They're still capable of serving others. And that's a big deal. I think that's a very powerful thing to know that every single one of us matters. That's incredible. And what you just said, I wrote it down. You know, we may be living in poverty and we are not poor. And all I can say is that, you know, people, when we complain about maybe not being able to go out with our friends or go to a dinner or whatever, there are people who don't have access to oxygen. They don't have access to quality medical care at all. And this disease is without a doubt, a death sentence. So we're so blessed and we still have so much to give. So when you when you have life and when you are above ground, you're blessed mm-hmm. and we can make a difference. And it's really that simple. And the, my Tanzanian friends remind me all the time. I just sent a text to our group chat and I said, I'm just, my heart is broken for all the suffering. I'm so sorry. And I said, this is life, Anne. This is life. You know, it's not really supposed to be easy or comfortable, but as long as we're here, we can serve and we can love each other and we can do the very best we can. And their faith and their attitude is exemplary. It's extraordinary. And I have so much to learn from that. And I feel like we all do. That's so powerful. You know, I think about all of the, some of the themes you've shared. You talked about humility and resilience gratitude and servant leadership. It's so incredible. For those who are watching or listening to this program uh, and who are so inspired, how might they be able to get involved and contribute? So there's a number of different ways. Unite is obviously a 501c3 in America, Unite the World with Africa Foundation. So if anybody wants to contribute financially, every dollar is tax deductible. We also are a volunteer team in America. So um, our board pays for our small operating expenses. So every dollar that's given to the foundation goes to our program. So that's that's unique. Um, we also have our passion project, which you have been a phenomenal speaker in. Thank you. And that is where really run by my daughter, Lila, who is a sophomore at Northwestern University. And it's inviting people all over the world to share about what they're most passionate about, how they've achieved their career goals and overcome the challenges of sort of you know, sorting our paths. And that's really important, especially for people who are looking ahead and don't really know where to go or what to do. A lot of times we just need exposure to a lot of different types of people doing different things. And we say, oh, that resonates. Oh, that's neat. I never thought of that. You know, and that's how it all starts to come together. So that's another thing. If people are interested in participating in the Passion Project, they can reach out. We also have a a very large tree planting campaign. I'm really big on the Green Belt movement. And in Tanzania, we have a tree nursery with thousands of trees. And even in the next two weeks, we have a tea army of volunteers going out to replant areas that have been desertified. And, and so we're really trying to replant trees. But I think that we can do that all over the world. And I have this vision of us having like the Unite Tree Planting Day or Unite Earth Day, where we have people in different countries, at different universities, in different cities, where we all go out and plant trees in our communities on the same day. I love that. So if anybody's listening and is interested in participating in that, call me, let me know, because that has not happened yet globally, but it will. 
Um, and, you know, call me, email me, we're available. And I'm interested. I, I had a woman reach out to me the other day from the Bronx, who's a teacher, and she does a lot of career development with um, kids who come into America from all over the world. And she is now reviewing our, our modules, our training modules, because she has some ideas on how we can improve them. And that's amazing. You know, so I think there's really room for everyone who has a true heart for service in Unite. Um, we are here when we're in, we're in Tanzania with our kids, we always say we are love and action. That's who we are. And anyone who wants to walk that walk, which is not easy, and it certainly leaves you vulnerable and exposed. But if you want to walk that walk, then you have room here with us. Incredible. And thank you so much. Last quick question. If people did want to learn more and wanted to go perhaps either to a website or uh, social media, uh, where might they go? So our website is uniteafricafoundation.org. So that's our website. On Instagram, it's UniteTNZ, Tanzania, UniteTNZ. We also have Unite Scholars. We also have the Unite Passion Project, and that's Instagram, Unite Passion Project, as well as unitepassionproject.org. So we are sort of all over the place. <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah, you can't miss us. And my email is Anne at Unite africafoundation.org so anyone can reach out beautiful and thank you so much on behalf of all of us uh couldn't be more just inspired by everything that you and your team are doing thank you for being uh just a role model for the rest of us and for those of you listening we really encourage you all to get involved and thank you so much and thanks, we'll be talking Ethan. soon thanks for having me great thank you